to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I am DJ Impact, and I got the Vegas Bad Boys here with me. It's good to see you. Matt Michael, Sin City Steve, and Simon Street. Want to welcome everyone as they are jumping on to the podcast. Again, well, we appreciate you. We thank you for hanging out with us. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about wrestling this past week's wrestling shows. Before we get to that, we are very happy to announce our promotion that's kicking off on this episode. So we wanted to make sure that you are clear with knowing all the details so that you can um, partake into this particular promotion. So let's break it down to you. First off, as you are aware, SummerSlam is going to be here in Vegas at the Allegiant Stadium. And that is Saturday, August 21st. I mean, today is August 1st, man. Guys, can you imagine what, 20 days? The show is going to be here. Amazing. And um, it's a 4.30 uh, p.m. start time for that. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to give away two tickets. Two tickets to the show. And this is this is exciting because tickets, I'm telling you, they have a lot of the sections have sold out. Uh, they've opened up brand new seats, but they're all mostly limited views. So you just have to be like, you know... Uh, I just want to be there, but I don't necessarily have to see nothing <laughs> because that's the kind of seats they have available. Unless you want to pay the huge resale prices that everyone are trying to, you know, make some money on for whatever reason. But we got two free tickets here. We're going to give away. And this is all. These are the rules right here that you just have to know. We're going to give you a unique code for this show. Wrestling talk. Tomorrow's podcast, which is three count. And then next week's wrestling talk again. We're going to give you another unique code and then three count next week. So that's four shows. You can download them, listen to them whenever you like. During the time of us talking, we will just let you know what that code is. As soon as you have all of the four codes downloaded, you want to go to our website, VegasBadBoys.com. If you haven't been there yet, you should check it out. It's a great website. That's how you can keep up with everything that we're doing. There'll be a form there. It'll ask for your name. It'll ask for your email address. It may ask for your telephone number. But it's also going to ask you for those four unique codes. And if you have all of those right, you will be put into a drawing, which we will actually do a live drawing on our, um, I guess that would be, See, that is the, the so the ninth, so seven days from there be what, the maybe the 14th or two so? Weeks, two weeks from today, DJ. Two weeks from today <laughs> on Wrestling Talk. Well, well, thank you. You know what? I've never been good in math, so you just saved me. 
are you sure it's I was gonna get. Uh, the... are, are you sure it's only two tickets or is it four tickets? Since you're not good at math. <laughs> well, being that I have the two tickets in my hands, I know that there are two. So yes, uh, a week from that day, we'll do it live, just like you're watching us now. If you're watching us, and we, you would know who the winners would be. So, uh, if you already have tickets, great, um, exciting. But you may know someone who don't have tickets, or someone who couldn't give tickets, or maybe you would like to win these tickets for someone. Um, the opportunity is there. Uh, all you have to do again is listen to those four shows and hopefully you continue to listen to us as we continue to bring all these different uh, entertainment um, shows to you. So it's exciting. Listen tonight. We're going to get the very first uh, unique code word and just write it down, make notes, do whatever you got to do so that you... Um, you know what? And you do kind of have an advantage if you're uh, watching our, our live show. So, uh, but at the same time. Well, there's, there's no real advantage. Let's okay. make that clear. Okay. Because once the uh, entries are in, uh, which uh, need to be in by uh, basically 11.59 p.m. Pacific time mm-hmm. on uh, Friday the 13th. Right. Um, once, once those are in, then it will go into a drawing. So there's no advantage. Um, you just uh, can easily write down the words now instead of, you know, going back and listening to it. Um, that's that's the only, uh, yeah, you know, thing you can get out of it live. But it won't give you any certain advantage or any priority over anyone else. Absolutely. All right. So if you got any other questions, we're going to listen. There's going to be tons of promos on our social media. So hopefully you uh, you're locked in on our IG, on our Facebook, on our Twitter, because you're going to see uh, lots of promos on that. So if there's something you didn't get, don't worry, you'll get the opportunity to um, to to get it then. All right. So we're excited. Thank you for participating. Let others know about it and especially if they're in the vegas area let them know if you're going to be in the vegas area as well um you know uh uh, you you want to definitely try to win for those as well okay so with that let's start getting right into our wrestling talk and we're going to start off like we normally do with uh wwe raw but fellas let me just ask you we 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 heard about the release of Bray Wyatt that made a lot of news uh coming into the weekend uh what's your guys take on that what are you hearing what's your thoughts um what are your hopes I mean what what you guys take <laughs> I know right um Steve Steve, Steve it's it's an audio program as well. Yeah, since, since I know, know. he's been shaking his head. <laughs> well, I'll let you go, Sin City. What's your take? What do you yeah, think about I'll, all I'll go ahead and go first. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's. I, I really wish that I could say that I was surprised, um, but realistically, we saw WWE essentially co-op the entire Bray Wyatt fiend gimmick, give it to Alexa Bliss, and then they had Alexa turn on Bray at Mania. Okay, mm-hmm. so that definitely felt like the closing of a chapter. Little did we know that it was actually closing the entire fucking book. Um, yeah, it, it. Yeah, yeah. It. It. it, it needless to say, it, it pissed a lot of people on the internet off, myself included. Mm. 
Why? Why? I just want. I just want to know why. Like, because I, I would prefer to see Bray Wyatt on my TV rather than half of half of the individuals that they're choosing to fill time uh, time with on the show. Um, Bray Wyatt is one of the most entertaining personalities and had one of the most entertaining characters and gimmicks that we've seen in quite some time. Um, and the mere fact that you know they're citing budget cuts as the reason for his release, you know, I'd like to believe that there's more to Wait. it than that. Wait, wait, wait. Who's citing? That no was the comes. reasoning. That was the reasoning that was given to Bray Wyatt from um, from John Laurinaitis. N- numerous re- uh, sources were reporting that budget cuts uh, really? was the exact yes was the exact terminology that was given to Bray Wyatt. Yeah, there was a lot of sources that said the same thing. Yeah. So what do you know, Matt Michaels? It doesn't involve money. Let's put it that way. It doesn't involve money. Um, that might be the story that's going around, but, um, put your, put your faith into the WWE having to do certain things along the codes to make sure that all their, uh, their talent is healthy. So, um, I would not put a full investment into um, the idea that it was it was money related. Um, it's almost, uh, you know, well, well, let's put it this way: we know that Brody died, you know, Brody Lee died, um, and the whole question was about medical issues, right? Um, and it seems like Bray might have something going on that is potentially the reason because you know what's interesting and and steve brought this up is you would expect that he would have been let me ask you this you guys are smart you realize if you have a performer who is healthy enough to perform and even if you don't have the greatest gimmick in the fucking world maybe you put a superhero cape and a mask on him okay you still use him because he's under contract to you for a lot of money, right? So if it was a pure contract cut, that doesn't make as much sense. And that's what it comes down to because he hadn't been on TV since. And by the way, the WrestleMania match wasn't a match. So if you go back, he hasn't wrestled in a long time. And that is, all the indications point that there is some kind of medical condition that, you know, is a possibility of, of why this went down. Um, you know, if you think about it too, this wouldn't be unprecedented because they did that to Kurt Angle. They let him go because they were not going to let him get in the ring and risk his health again. Mm-hmm. So, and you know what? He went somewhere else that would allow the risk. I think it's honestly, I think it's that simple, you know, so it could be money issues. Um, in the end, if that's the case, don't be surprised if he shows up, you know, signed again, uh, just with a reworked contract. And by the way, it is funny how everyone gets so pissed off about the WWE releasing people 
And yet these are the same fans who were just like, oh, I can't wait to get them in AEW. So you're pissed that they got rid of them, but you're happy that they got rid of them. Fuck you. Fuck you. And fuck you again. <laughs> All right. They're Come probably on, not happy with the way that that individual was used. But you know what? That's not our that's not our right to judge because we weren't in the room. And that's what I think, you know, that's the main thing with all the, you know, the sources that tell these guys shit. You know, we don't know. We're in the room. We could be being worked. If Bray Wyatt comes out and says something, is that fucking true? Or is it work? You don't know. And we, sh- we shouldn't have to go that far to kind of figure out why did they do this? Why did they treat him that way? Does it matter? The guy is going to resurface at some point in some company, maybe even the same company. How many people were so pissed that Joe was gone? How long did that last? Not you know? That lasted a week. Yeah, something like that. You know, a couple weeks. Um, that's it. So... It's funny because everyone gets so caught up in this, uh, you know, let's make this war thing happen again. Oh, what what new WWE guys are going to show up on AEW this week? But it's different because back then the internet was a baby. Now everyone is trying to get into every fucking nook and cranny of, you know, why this is wrong and why that's wrong. And it's always the WWE you know, doing something wrong to some wrestler. And if you think about it, yeah, they've fucked up many a times. But at the same time, there are instances that they've tried to do good or have done better for people because not only have they um, either signed them back or how many times have they sent people to rehab mm-hmm. who weren't even with the company anymore and fucking essentially saved their lives. You know, there are things this company does that people don't you, you don't hear the oh man I'm so glad they sent so and so to rehab. No, no, it's just when people want to shit on the company because they don't like the product. Well, fuck you! It's it's you know it's a product that is entertainment, and you're not going to like all entertainment products. You're also not going to like every business decision that's made because it's the only industry in entertainment that fans like to try to get the dirt on and figure out things to guys like Meltzer. (laughs) And the honest answer is, you know, you look at uh, a TV show or you look at a movie, the only dirt that gets out there are guys from TMZ who put shit out there that the stars give, right? But you don't hear producers aren't leaking shit. No one's going, oh, my God, Paramount should have, you know, should have never have, uh, you know, let that guy go from, uh, you know, the flying nun part two nuns in hell. Which, by the way, Paramount, if you're listening, give me a call. I got a script. Well, thanks for that, uh, Uh, Michaels. And shout uh, out to everybody who is on our uh, chat of Facebook. Feel free to mm-hmm. put any of the uh, comments in there, and we see you in there. Shout out to Michaela and Sean 
and uh, some of the others. Don't be shy. Let us know what your what your thoughts are on this particular topic. Uh, Simon, did you want to add anything? I don't want to not leave you out when you kind of heard the news. Any particular thoughts, or you're just kind of kind of in agreement with uh, one of the guys here? Yeah, you know what? Uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, when I think about it, there's certain uh, talent that when they get released, such as this, um, it could be a long shot that they return back into the WWE. But when I think about Bray Wyatt, I truly honestly think about, I mean, he's somebody that we obviously know we were entertained. We obviously know he's very versatile with the different characters that he brings along. So the chances of him coming back to the WWE, as Matt Michaels has stated earlier, is pretty darn high. It may not be in six months. It may be quicker than that. But this is not the last time we've heard of Bray Wyatt. So I'm not really worried about it. Was yeah. I shocked to hear the news? Yes, uh, a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, he'll be fine. Well, like, listen, he really will. if it's health related, I, I really do hope that, um, you know, everything works out in terms of what needs to get done and get him back healthy. And, um, you know, if that is and if it if it wasn't that and it's it's just WWE still slimming hey, down. Here, here, here's here's something that. I don't think I've seen out there. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about getting worked? Well, apparently WWE let Bray Wyatt go. Which means that they didn't let someone else go. Didn't let the Fiend go. The Fiend is probably still still around. There's no good <laughs> <Just way. laughs> didn't, didn't they do the same with uh, uh, Mick Foley at one point? Didn't they say that they let go of Mankind? But they didn't with Do Love and Cactus Jack or some shit? I could have swore something like that happened. Well, you never know, man. All right, let's jump over into Raw. Um, so it looked like as we're getting hyped for SummerSlam, we at least know what the Raw women's uh, title is going to start uh, to look like, huh? Uh, triple threat match. Um, Did you not guess that coming through the gate before Raw started? <laughs> I mean, come on, that's pretty... I know. Pretty, uh, come on. Do you, would Obvious. you would you guys have started Nikki Ash with starting the show, start kicking off Monday Night Raw? It seemed like why it not? Was... They've done worse before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, not to say it was just horrible. It was just that you know, it, it, it's that's just a, a I think a pivotal time role when you get started. That I mean, it's your job, especially if you're going to go on the mic, to really just you know, hype up the folks and and more than just throwing your title up or saying the city's name to get a pop, but, you know, really out there expressing what it is, you, what your goal is and what you plan on doing. And um, I don't know, it just seemed like they kind of got lost there. But what was your guys' take overall on um, on Raw? And we can start from that point or any other part of the show. Or it was dead. I mean, I mean, I, I actually pressed mute on my TV mm-hmm. and imagined that I was a person who could not hear and look at the crowd's reaction. Mm-hmm. And most of them were sitting down. You know, um, when Charlotte came out and you know saying her little thing, you could see crowd reaction. But when you know what you call it, Nikki Ash came out, it was just kind of dead. So there wasn't even booze. It was just kind of like, okay, all right. Uh, I feel like that means something. And, uh, you know, I don't know if 
people at WWE are taking note. I don't know if she's taking note, but they got to figure something out because that beginning segment was a whole lot different than um, later on in the night. I think she closed uh, Raw, if I wasn't mistaken, because Raw was on Monday and I watched it live. It was a different type of reaction. So we can talk about that as we approach it and what I thought about it. Continue. Give us the thoughts. Well, I, I, I was just saying, it, and I can't remember for sure, because like I said, Raw was way back on Monday and I watched it that night. But I do I do believe the show ended with Nikki Ash and uh, and um, when they announced it was going to be a triple head. At least I think so. Let's just take it as the two segments. So at least in that second segment where she had said her line, um, you know, uh, after Charlotte beat her, she had said something to the effect of, you know, hey, um, you know, it, I will overcome. You know, I felt like the crowd reaction was a little bit higher than what it was initially when she first came out. It really looked dead. It looked like nobody was engaged in that character. Charlotte, they were. They booed the shit out of her ass. Rhea Ripley came out. You know, they, they kind of popped a little bit. So I wonder, you know, if that's the direction you want to go in for SummerSlam, how do you fix that with two weeks? That's all. Hmm. Well, that's a uh, that's a good question. I'm I don't know what is. We all know that SmackDown is is just packed with with star power, and and rightly right rightly so, right? You got you got Fox throwing the dollars, but at what point does you know NBC, which I guess are the owners of of USA, at what point do they kind of go? Wait, hey. You know, we've had besides the fact that we just purchased this <laughs> this huge, um, you know, content from you. We've been running USA for how many decades? Why can't we get some of this? Why can't we have some of this star power here? Like, why do we take? Why do we feel? And maybe USA or, or I'm sorry, the uh, NBC don't think of it that way. But it, but we all can see that there is a difference between the Raw and the Smack, the SmackDown, and it's just interesting that one company sees the other company, the other company, speaking of NBC and Fox, sees that one is getting more of the advantage than the other. Am I you're, looking you're, at it wrong? You're, yeah, you're totally missing the fact that USA is a syndicated cable station, and Fox is an actual network on Friday nights. Well, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I, I, did, yeah, I didn't think of that. I didn't think no, of that. You're right. I'm I know. <laughs> But you know, still, I mean, I, I don't know. It's I, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But man, but, okay. but what's really what's really fascinating, and this is the amazing thing, is that you're all judging already. What do you mean? You're all judging. Judging what? Give me some context. So, Nikki Ash has been around now for what four weeks. Two weeks. Five weeks? I thought it was like two and a half weeks. Uh, it was a little bit of lead up going into... Uh, yeah, yeah, point. Into yeah. The, it's, been about, the it's been about a month. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the scenario. Wrestling fans. Oh, they don't do anything with the, these people. And the WWE just... They, just they, don't, they don't do the right things. They don't give the right people a push. New character for her. opportunity. 
have her go, have her beat Rhea, have her beat Charlotte in these clock matches, have her win the ladder in the mat, or the, the money in the bank match through everyone else climbing ladders. She just climbs over everyone and grabs it. She then goes onto Raw. She cashes in stunningly, as you know, as, as it was expected that the WWE doesn't use their talents right. So therefore, when she cashes in the bank, she'll lose that match. Right? She wins. She is now your champion. She's been champion for one week. All right? And in the main event, you have her lose to Charlotte, but you have her say, again, this whole thing is, I might not be the best, but guess what? I'm the fucking champion. And it's so funny that everyone just goes, oh, they don't give the right opportunities. They're given this incredibly talented wrestler an opportunity. And that's what it comes down to. And guess what? She might be making the future WWE champion 20 years from now want to be a pro wrestler. Because it's something that a little girl can look at. And not only is it cool because she's a superhero, she's a champion, but she's also saying, hey, I might not be the best. But guess what? If you work your butt off, stuff will happen and you can make a run out of it. And that's that's it. It's very simple. There hasn't been enough time to go, oh, yeah, she's just horrible, man. Get that belt off of her. Well, that's the thing. Well, is anybody, I mean, he, it, is anybody saying that for starters? No, I just said it. I, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It, but, 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 let me Don't clarify a little I bit. I didn't okay? say it. I questioned how she started yeah, I, wrong. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> say a word about that. Yeah, let me clarify a little bit. Okay, I know Nikki Cross, not personally, but as far as seeing her work before she got to, you know, where she's at now, she is very talented, very capable. All right, and she's always been somebody that many people who watch women's wrestling in the WWE from when they started NXT to where they are now has always been, her name's come up in the conversation. The only thing that I have doubts about, and again, it's just my opinion, is that it's missing something. The uh, Nikki A.S.H. character is missing something. You know, so yeah, my question more, is- More than four weeks. That's what it, it's missing. And that yeah. could be the case, Michaels. That could very well be the case. You I'm only just stating, go ahead. No, you're just you're totally making a judgment. And the reason I say that them all or you all or whatever is because of how you started this. The fans aren't reacting. Well, it looks like the fans aren't reacting. That's just an observation. That's not a judgment. Me personally, as far as the ASH character, I don't have a huge big problem. My only thing is I want to make sure for me, Simon Street, I want to make sure that her talent in in ring is what will be always presented. I don't care if she's wearing a goddamn pickle costume for all I'm concerned. She's a freaking talented-ass person, and she can talk on the mic. Uh, I've seen her do it a million times when she did uh, Sanity. You know, she was able to do it, even when she was friends with Alexa Bliss. I just get worried, and I think all of us can agree, when WWE pushes new characters on pre-existing talent who are great, and we wonder, like, like, who, I mean, so are they now, letting her say so Now, if, if they push one of those talents in something other than what you think is the way they should be pushing them, oh, now 
they're giving them a push, but they're not giving them the right push. Come no, 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 it's not Michael's. Michael's. No, no. I, I think I think I can pick up what Simon's talking about here. It's it's almost a flavor of the week syndrome. We've seen it all too many times where someone shows up on Raw or whichever show. More more often than not, it's Raw, and they've done it with Mansoor. They've done it with Ricochet. They've done it with a lot of guys. Okay, and the fact is, they give them these shots. For two, maybe three weeks. Humberto Carrillo is another amazing example of that. And they give him two to three weeks. And then after that, nowhere to be seen. Why? Because somebody somewhere doesn't feel like as if they are drawing any kind of a rating, getting the, the appropriate crowd horrible. reaction. Horrible, horrible examples. And the reason okay, why... Cool. Awesome, really, awesome. No, those are bad examples. Why? Because they weren't the champion of that division. Oh, 205 maybe? big fucking deal 205 is a fucking why they're still producing that who the fuck knows but the the honest answer is that she's the the women's champion on raw okay okay all right let's take that michaels she is the women's champion obviously wouldn't that mean that you wouldn't heavily have a microscope under what the crowd reaction is now get it from city to city now that we're traveling it may be a different she wherever raw is going to be tomorrow Maybe a total different reaction. I well, get that. well, I, but let me let me. So to be honest, Nikki gets a reaction. She gets a reaction, and um, from the kids, yeah, and barely well, even and, that. and some of the and some of the fans as well. She's getting some re- of the moms, but you know, I mean, part of what you had mentioned at first was where a lot of the reaction maybe didn't come from was when Charlotte came out. Um, but Nikki, this storyline you know this what they what they're running with her is something that i that i think is that that i believe is working um it, it over time we'll have to see it play out but it, it does seem like it's working even if you care doesn't care for it or not the fans are reacting to it in in a positive light um you know and and, and so I, I will say that uh, my whole thing is, I just hope that as she continues to come out, to go right into that spill and not necessarily into um, cheap pops to get them just to react just for the sake of reacting. That's my only thing. Uh, but outside of that, she's doing what I think they are were expecting, and that is getting some sort of a reaction. So I will say now, that. No, no, no. That, that's a good point. I will say this because I want to be the person that's sticking on this damn topic. We got a whole rest of the show to do. But I will say, as far as superheroes well, go... this will be all of Raw, because apparently no one else saw anything <laughs> on Raw. That was good. <laughs> go ahead. Um, no, no, no. I would just say, with, with regards to superheroes and people who follow superheroes, whether it's comics, multimedia, whatever, maybe this is the first couple of steps, and maybe I am not looking at that. Maybe some people may not be looking at that. This is her being the new rookie on the block as a superhero. I get it. All right? The true test, which we've talked about last week, is I think we're going to really see this character really get the lift that it needs, really get that pop when she faces her arch nemesis. She don't have an arch nemesis. Charlotte is not her arch nemesis. Do you see what I'm saying? We all know who it is. We know it's Alexa Bliss and uh, uh, where, where she's at right now as far as the character in WWE. I think once – what you laughing at now? They're not arch nemesises. They're not arch nemesis, they're their best friends. They're holding pinkies and, and trolloping up and I'm down the ring. So, I'm sorry, have you have you watched the last couple of weeks leading up to all this stuff? 
they were in tags together. She didn't yeah, but- do anything that was, uh, uh, in fact, if anything, don't forget, Alexa went from being a heel to a face during this True. period. True. So, so Charlotte is your most heated heel. Okay. That's what you're trying to do. You are trying to build that woman up to be the most despisable, despicable, egotistic bitch. Doesn't have to do much. But, but you do. You do because she is so good that you have to make it. You have to. She goes out there and she beats Nikki. She beats the champion. And when the champion says, you know what? I didn't beat you today, but I can beat you tomorrow. And she laughs in her face. That's doing your job. Nikki Cross is doing her job because she's making Charlotte look like a piece of shit. And that's fucking awesome. And how many times do you know? Does it get brought up that um, are we going to see the same matches, the same matches, the same matches? Well, throwing Nikki into this equation is something new. So let it play out. That's the whole thing. It hasn't even come close. It's only been a month. It's, it's not bad. I did, look to make it short and simple. I think a lot of people are invested in Nikki Cross, the competitor, and we're happy to see her get a shot. We're just probably scared with. WWE PSD, PS, can you say it right? PTSD uh, uh, syndrome from just horrible times, like Sin City Steve said. Many people who we were invested in them and saying, man, we would like to see them flourish. So, you know, it is what it is. I, I get what you're saying. And, and I, but you know what? The other thing about that, too, is don't forget if you look on the scope of things, Nikki Cross shouldn't even be a champion. And I think that's the important thing to remember. Yeah. You know, because you can't bitch about people not getting their opportunities, not getting their shots, blah, blah, blah. She gets it. Now it's like, oh, oh, well, it's only a flavor of the month. It's like, look we don't know. We don't month. even I'm know what month it is. I don't look at as flavor of the month. I've always wanted to see her as a champion. But again, that's just me. I'm only one person of the whole WWE universe. All right. All right. All right. Well, good talk there. Like I say, uh, not really a whole lot uh, else happened on Raw there. Yeah, we talking was- about we talking about Bobby Lashley double stacking, trying to pretend to be Roman Reigns. Yeah, go ahead. You want to talk about Bobby <laughs> Bobby Lashley? <laughs> that was a little bit ridiculous. I thought uh, uh, if it was for the purpose to say that you have another major uh, company champion to to double stack, uh, do a double stack pin, then great. If not, I had no idea why we had. Cedric Alexander come out with a new haircut and new uh, ring attire with his high-pitched voice. And then what was really funny is Cedric Alexander said how annoying it is, and we were all probably checking heads. Like, yeah, it's annoying. So, uh, you know, again, Bobby Lashley being built up to uh, defeat a jacked old man for SummerSlam, it looks like, possibly. Or, or has that been confirmed? Is he for sure facing Goldberg? I'm sure he is. So, uh I don't know how many people are excited about that, but you know, I'm always ex- I'm about. always excited, man. Are you? Yes, the you WWE, like man. When his, when his music plays, you get out of the car and you walk all the way uh, up your I, I driveway actually, and into your house with the music playing. I actually in the think Bobby Lashley's music is hot. I think every last one of the, the his, his video music packages has been on fire. I was so, talking about Goldberg. Oh, Goldberg. Yeah. Oh. Goldberg, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Goldberg, I mean, his is, I mean, it's old school, but it still works. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, it, it still makes you want to uh, suck in the fireworks smoke and uh, blow it out. You know. So, so you don't inhale. You don't inhale, do you? Yeah. Since we're since we're talking about uh, way guys are not supposed to be used, but they're using them anyway. Steve, what's your thoughts on uh, Keith Lee? Um, I I'm debating on. I, I honestly I have no idea what to think because since he's come back, he's lost two matches in a row. Hasn't exactly looked great in the ring, and. Um, you know, they haven't made any kind of real attempt to, you know, get him over again with the audience. So, well, in that position of that match, yeah. being that you just had Cross and him lose the week before in the internet, right. loses their shit. So why not put them in the ring against one another? Um, <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the other big factor, too, is. Keith Lee has been posting now for months that he's going to tell us all why he was missing time. And it's interesting that that just kind of keeps getting pushed and he kind of yeah. just keeps re re saying that and re saying that. So maybe, maybe we see that kind of tie into as an angle of what's going on with him, you know, potentially losing, but we can um, only hope. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. And you couldn't necessarily have him go over on cross because right. you got to cross strong. So and that whole thing got fucked up, too, because, because of the Hardy. fact that Jeff Hardy got COVID. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's about it from raw, man. Yeah, yeah I can't, there was, I can't there was nothing the man that there stood was, out. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading the comment. Although, okay. although, although Steve did bring up the names of like Monsur and you had Monsur and yeah, all that was cool. That, that, I, oh. I, 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 I they decided that was... to bring them out again, you know. Yes, they are still active members of the roster, I guess. <laughs> I thought that was cool only for one reason. It made, uh, what's his name? Slapjack and T Bar. What is his name? Uh, did I say the names right? Mason T. Okay, whatever. Stupid name plus stupid name, but 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 great talents nonetheless. <laughs> um, you know, looked really strong against them, and they looked good and comfortable as a tag team. So the question I wonder with those two: Are you going to make them and you know uh, be a part of the conversation in tag team? I, I'm sure they have, but I'm wondering: Are you going to actively put them in with you know the Viking uh, uh, Viking Raiders and? AJ Styles and you know Omos and stuff. I mean, I'd like to see them go against them too for the titles. I don't they know, need just me. They, they, they need, need to. They need to have more teams like that. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see more formations because of the fact that they're doing the live shows now. Yeah. Um. So they they got they have to have enough uh, talent ready to step up if you know people test positive for COVID or whatever circumstances might happen. So you'll probably see them tag a lot more. Um, yeah. You'll probably see Mason T-Bar around as a tag team for that very reason. Um, and it's funny because you look at those four guys and you can go, they're all talented. But the question all comes down to then, what is their place? And should they have a place on the roster? You I don't know, know about Mansoor and, um, and uh, Ali, though. I mean, at least in what they're showing us right now. You know, I, I don't know. But but the but what I'm saying is that again, it, it's it's one of those things where you can't you don't have enough 
real estate, even though Raw is a three-hour show, there's not enough real estate to make everyone this spectacular, you know, we're doing the best thing with them. And that's, that's a, you know, that's a thing that I don't think the fans have wrapped their heads around yet is, Hey man, the fact of the matter is, is that, yeah, they're talented. Listen, they wouldn't be on the main roster if they weren't talented. Are they going to be utilized the correct way? Probably not. in you know, most people's eyes. And they probably show more promise and have had better showings in other organizations before they came into the WWE. They probably did really good in NXT before they went up to WWE. But with that said, there's always a top tier that is not changing. It's true. And I know that people get pissed off when you say, well, Goldberg's coming back or CNS coming back or so-and-so's coming back. Listen, The Undertaker did it for fucking ever. And you know what? You know, at a certain point, people started saying saying that he should kind of retire, right? So the the fact of the matter is, is that that's always going to happen, and that's always a money drop, and that's why they do it, and that's why. It, and the minute that they let someone like that go from a contract, then Goldberg shows up on AEW, and everyone's going, "Holy shit! Look, Goldberg's on AEW." He shows up in WWE and it's like, oh god, him again. Yeah. So yeah, go figure that. All right, guys, we are uh, we're gonna go on major OT if we don't get going. NXT, oh. NXT. What's your take, man? Just keep it real short. Yeah, Anything that it, really, really stood out. Yeah. I'll make it short. Yeah, let's things do it. that stood out. First and foremost, two big things. Number one was Samoa Joe with three step process with William Regal. Real simple. Step one, I'm resigning. Fuck this shit. Number two, <laughs> resign me. Want to be talent. Put them hands on your boy. Step three, give me the match for the NXT strap so I can put hands on the boy <laughs> instead of firing him. Regal, men of, a man of many many facial expressions, very little words. Didn't even need a microphone. Do it. And I swear, I swear I was reading his lips. He said, you better fucking do it. Fucking do it. So uh, that was really cool. I like that whole thing. So we're going to see Samoa Joe in action. So everybody was pissed off, like Michael said, when Samoa Joe was let go from the main roster, are going to be very, very happy to see Samoa Joe. Um, Second thing, the biggest thing that I saw, actually there's three. I'm going to add one more. But anyways, um, uh, Dakota Kai, we all knew what was going to happen. Turns on Raquel Gonzalez. We already knew it. Um, I was seeing as she was talking about just going over like, because I have your back. Well, hey, if you watch wrestling, you know that it always leads to, bitch, I had your back. That's why you've been champion. <laughs> Let me go ahead and stab it a couple of times while you ain't turning. Um, it's going to be an interesting match because if this ain't no no uh, uh, no DQ <laughs> match, I don't see this lasting very long. That's just my take on it. I don't know if y'all guys feel the same. Um, but what I think, honestly, for me, was so fucking entertainment. I watched back the vignette fucking twice. Fucking Cameron Grimes and L.A. Night. That shit was fucking amazing. So good that it made me, it inspired me to want to watch Caddyshack. If y'all remember that fucking movie, <laughs> fucking watch Caddyshack. The first one, not the second one, because that shit was fucking weak. But the first one, it was amazing, man. It starts off with Cameron Grimes washing L.A. Night's balls. Just <laughs> I mean, it, looked, it looked, looked like he was pleasuring himself on the golf course. Unless you played golf, and you know that's actually the ball-watching station. 
Um, great continuity, great. How they brought in your boy, uh, uh, Ted DiBiase, with the more you know background music, telling him pearls of wisdom. <laughs> this shit was fucking amazing. Yet again, yeah. NXT striking mm-hmm. uh, with regards to that vignette, that story being told. It looks like, uh, you know, LA Knight and, and Cameron Grimes are probably going to partner up to go against the Grizzled Young Vets. I'm actually excited to see that. Those were the top three things. Some things that's honorably mentioned, what I would say that was cool, was uh, kind of seeing um, uh, Timothy Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa versus Oni Lorcan and Pete Dunn. I'm actually invested and excited to see that. At first, I only wanted to see Tommaso Ciampa and Pete Dunn. That's what I really want to see. Two hard-hitting guys. I can't remember if those two have gone one-on-one. But uh, then uh, throughout the match, you see Timothy Thatcher and Oni Lorcan, who definitely, I don't know if y'all know this, Oni Lorcan is actually looking really, really cut. Like he went back to the gym a little bit. You know what I mean? And so I would, wouldn't mind seeing him. So mm-hmm. shit, put both of them motherfuckers together. Those four guys, put them in a ring. I'm, I'm game. Yeah, I'm game. So I mean, that's making it real short so we don't cut in the overtime. Yeah, NXT no doubt. Was great lot. Did you guys want to mention anything, Matt Michaels and Sin City, that uh, caught your interest on the show? No. Okay. Not really. The I Cameron Grimes vignettes. Yeah. Dudes, did the dude is money. Right. Yeah. And we saw we saw Bronson Reed and uh, Adam Cole, probably the blow off, and most likely Reed will uh, be heading up. So. Yeah, yeah. Good for him, man. I like Bronson Reed, big fan. Um, let's jump over into AEW, Mister Sin City. What's the highlights of that show for you? Well, the show got off. Uh... As has been customary for AEW, uh, they uh, they started off with a hot match. This week was the elimination ten man tag, uh, the Elite Squad. As they came out to, uh, you know, the uh, the Space Jam partnership and uh, came out dribbling the basketballs and you know did the whole thing. Whatever. See, listen, look at yeah, I was just whatever. Say, you better have a whatever on that, brother, because yeah. that yeah. was fucking horny bullshit. <laughs> and, and and that and so that's the thing is I I had a, a buddy of mine that you know had just recently started watching AEW um, at my recommendation, and his comment to me was, "Okay, why the fuck are they coming out dribbling basketballs, looking like a bunch of goofs?" So I mean, yeah. It is what it is. I criticized it when uh, WWE did the tie-in with the fucking zombies. I'll criticize this shit with the fucking Space Jam. Hey, they're making money. I get it. I get the business aspect of it, but I hate the I hate the wrestling aspect of it. But you I, know what's in the city? You know what? Them doing the whole dribbling thing probably made more money for Space Jam, the new legacy, than the actual fucking movie, which fell flat on its fucking face. Well, there you go. <laughs> Often imitated, never duplicated. Yet That's another, important. yet another, uh, you know, reason or uh, you know tally mark in the column that says that Jordan is better than LeBron. I'm just saying. Yep, got my vote. That's um, that's coming from an Ohio native. You're damn right. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah. So, Elite Squad: Kenny Omega, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, and the Young Bucks with uh, shit-stained Brandon Cutler uh, against Hangman Adam Page in the Dark Order, John Silver, Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds, and Stu Grayson. Um, 
before the match started, they ran a pretty freaking sweet promo package for the Dark Order, I have to say. They actually did a good job in building them up as, let's be real, credible challengers in this match. Because if you just looked at this match on paper, there's no question in the world who's actually going to win this thing. And the Elite could possibly go 5-0. But I think that they did everything they possibly could to try to build um, the Dark Order as quickly as they could. Um, John Silver, coming back from injury, put on a hell of a performance. Great work by him. But ultimately, it did come down to... uh, it did come down to Hangman Adam Page as the last man eliminated on his squad. So no title shot for Hangman Adam Page as of right now at All Out. And, of course, no tag team title opportunity for the Dark Order. We'll see what happens as we get closer to All Out. <clears throat> CM Punk. Anyway, um, yeah, the uh, from, what, from what I was reading um, as far as viewership, um, Immediately after this match, um, this match uh, drew like 1.1 million viewers. And immediately after this, the quarter hour segment after this, they f- they lost 350,000 viewers like that. Wow. So a lot of people were definitely invested in the hangman. Um, we'll see if it was the right decision to uh, you know prolong this thing. Um, I think that there's more in store than what they're letting on. Um, they they would be dumbed to, you know, keep him out of the title picture entirely. That's all I'll say about that. Quick question question on that. Yeah. You think it's uh, the possibility of the people invested in Hangman, or was there a possibility that people watched that first match and said, yeah, I'm good? Well, here's the thing is it it held good numbers. The match itself went over 25 minutes. So ultimately it – if, if the match would have been confined to like a, a single 15 minute segment, then we, you know, we could possibly look at that maybe going, you know, cornball approach with the space jam tie and may have driven a few people off yada, yada. But because the match did go 25 minutes, um, that's a little bit further out of the realm. Um, but um, yeah, after that, uh, it, it really was unfair to uh, you know the the guys that that had to follow because obviously you know you had the you had the the Ricky Starks um, segment whatever um, with Taz oh boy so but but above all else the lowest drawing segment in the show missed missed the challenge from Hiroshi Tanahashi Hiroshi Tanahashi cut a vignette saying that he was challenging the winner of the uh, Lance Archer and Hikuleo match. Um, for the IWGP US Championship, which that actually will take place um, at New Japan uh, Resurgence. And um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, that'll be interesting. And we'll obviously talk more about that stuff when we talk about New Japan because there were some other challenges that went down involving guys that were on this show. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, definitely. Um, outside of that, um, the uh, the Lance Archer Hikuleo match um, was pretty decent. Um, it was it was a pretty good sight to see Lance Archer pick up Hikuleo, who is seven feet tall, in the blackout, and actually successfully deliver that move to a seven foot tall human being. Um, that was that was pretty pretty awesome to see. Um, it was it was a dominating win for Archer to say the least, and Hikuleo 
for as much as they put him over in the build to this match, looked almost like a glorified jobber. Now, immediately after this, though, there was a, uh, a bit of an interesting thing with uh, one Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black. Now, I'm not so much talking about this because of what happened or what these guys did. It was your standard pull-apart but I'm more so talking about the crowd reaction to Cody Rhodes. Yeah, they booed the hell out of him. The crowd is starting to turn on Cody because your past transgressions, sir, of putting yourself over every new face that comes into the company, well, your viewers don't necessarily like that. So we'll see if this is any different next week. Let's hope it is. Is, is that is that though the case and i mean it's just in general with cody we can say but when you bring in a guy who apparently is supposed to be a heel and the fans who are already marks are going oh this guy's great they're going to cheer for him other than cody this is why cody should not be facing anyone new who comes in from the wwe you're right precisely i, I, I definitely agree and the bad thing is kind of shame on Cody and AEW for not or not seeing that coming a mile away because some of the reactions, this ain't new. This happened what last week, right? Or not this past week we were talking about, but the week before last when I tuned in, you know, they were favorable of him. So I mean, Bro, there there were there were people cheering for Brody Lee when he was doing the heel gimmick when he was running the dark order when he was going against Cody. Mm-hmm. So people were able to see that shit all the way back even obviously he beat Lance Archer. He beat uh, Brian cage right when they first came into the company. And the thing about the AEW fan base is they're not dumb. They're not stupid and they have a rather high level of intelligence. So they're going to be able to see, (laughs) and I know, I know, I know that before we talked about that before. Yeah. Intelligence of wrestling fans. Right. But realistically though, at the end of the day, they're they're going to they're going to see this type of shit coming more quickly than you know certain other promotions and i'm not going to name names but the fact of it is that the more jaded fans that have left and stopped watching other promotions went to aew under the promise that they wouldn't insult our intelligence then they get basketballs dribbled to open And up. now they're getting, yes, exactly. You know, what's, you know what's funny in the same vein, Sin City Steve, I will say this. I don't want to know man, about your vein. Well, no, no, no. In the same vein, not my vein, because if I'm sharing that, it ain't going to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this, though. For the man that broke the so-called throne, you sure are becoming the one thing that you swore you would never become. So, Cody, if you're listening, if you're looking to – Permanize, and I made that a new word. If you want to permanently be a heel of AEW, why don't you just turn into the very thing that you did not like and we don't like? Just saying, it work out in your favor. You know what? Don't listen to him, Cody. Keep doing what you're doing because <laughs> if Cody isn't doing what he's doing. Guess what? We're going to get for months on end: Cody versus QT Marshall. So please, <laughs> please. <laughs> but nobody likes QT Marshall. This is oh. shirt. <laughs> hey. It's QT Marshall, okay? <laughs> look, 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 oh, when you when, when nobody likes you that bad, you change your name five different variations. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I think that we all know where this is going next. We're going to talk about this main event, all Chris right. Jericho versus Nick Gage. And, uh, yeah, 
as advertised, there was uh, there were panes of glass. There were several light tubes. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, there were pizza cutter spots, <laughs> which at the behest of Domino's Pizza that just so happened to be running a picture-in-picture -picture ad right after a pizza slicer spot. Oh, God. They, they even, they even uh, you know, talked about pulling advertising and, and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, you, you saw on Twitter immediately after companies like Pabst Blue Ribbon saying, hey, AEW, let's buy their time slot or their ad slots if they're, you know, if they're bailing out on you. So pretty interesting shit there. Um, nonetheless, uh, tons of blood, tons of craziness. Um, I, I, they really do have to stop with their weekly bloodletting rituals. I mean, we've talked about it numerous times on this show. I, it's losing its luster. And now the, the thing that's unfortunate is this, this segment, this match drew the second highest rating as far as viewership in the entire show, second only to the opening match. So if you're, if you're Tony Khan, do you see these numbers and you say, Hey, well, the fans obviously like it. That that's my fear because Yes, I, I don't mind seeing this stuff every now and then, but seeing it every single week is getting pretty repetitive. And I, quite frankly, I, I, I'm a fan of AEW. I'm not a fan of, you know, garbage wrestling. I'm not a fan of every week we see the same shit with, you know, this guy almost killing another guy using weapons nonstop. And I know I'm going to catch some shit for it, but it, realistically, I mean, space the shit out, keep it confined to your super cards and your pay-per-views. I'm totally cool with that, but you know, they just cannot continue to do this shit on a regular weekly basis. Um, yeah. Uh, Jericho ended up getting the win after, uh, hitting Nick Gage with a pack of four light tubes that were duct taped together and then hitting the Judas, Judas effect. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the thing that was pretty interesting though, was at the end of the match, um, of course, MJF cut the promo who, again, he's on commentary every week. That's probably the best part of this match for me was the fact that he was on commentary again. Um, so he gets on the mic and immediately, well, <laughs> he starts cutting a promo, but he doesn't just use his own words. No, he paraphrases the opening lines of the infamous CM Punk pipe bomb promo where he says, Chris Jericho, while you're laying there in hopefully as much pain as you can be, I want you to listen to me. And then from there, he launched into his promo. So there was that. And oh, by the way, in case you guys weren't aware, uh, they did announce it earlier on in the show. AEW is going to be running the United Center on August the 20th. Pretty interesting stuff. And as of tomorrow, when the tickets go on sale, whatever, um, Monday, when those tickets go on sale, uh, they only have about 1,000 tickets left to sell. They sold almost the entire building out during the presale. So they sold over 12,000 tickets in the presale. So, needless to say, they're going to sell out the United Center. 
a lot of people think that that's going to be the, the debut of CM Punk. We'll see. And uh, to put a button on this episode of Dynamite, though, um, mm-hmm. going back to what I was saying, MJF says that next week, the third labor of Jericho will be, the stipulation is that Chris Jericho can only win after hitting a move from the top rope, but his opponent next week will be the juice, Juventud Guerrera. So, yeah. Yeah. A name from the past. Wow. Juventud, <laughs> eh? I love me some Juventud. Right. You know, what? what's very interesting uh, is that they have a problem with this whole, you know, taking guys and just bringing them in like they did with Gage. The fan reaction was almost nothing um, because no one knows who they are. And that's the main problem. The problem is that you take someone from WWE TV and put them and they can just walk in. You'll have a reaction because people know who they are. Mick Gage, who the fuck is he? Uh, you know, in the big scheme of things. And that was a... The, the crowd popped for light tubes, not for the wrestler right. and not for the wrestling. And if you watch the mask, you know what? Here's the difference between, you know, a bloodletting that was done last week and bloodletting that was done this week. And that is simple. Nick Gage is not as good of a wrestler. He's a tough son of a bitch. And good oh, yeah. God, would I not want to meet that guy in a fucking dark. Fuck house, no. Right? Fuck so, no. So, so we know that the respect is there, but the real, uh, you know, the real problem is that you didn't build him up. People don't know who he is. So when he comes out, it's like, eh, and then he's going against a 50 year old man. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Gage doesn't beat the 50 year old man who he's beating with light tubes and glass bay. Then, you know, something's wrong. Um, so, and I think that's the same thing that's going to happen kind of with Hoovy is that you're going to have the general wrestling fans who remember Hoovy, um, and maybe some parents. And him and him and Chris Jericho in the cruiserweight division. See, and that's the thing, too, is so now if you're a dad sitting around, your kid's like, hey, who's this guy, right? And you go and you got to show him a match from fucking 1998 or 1990s. That's 100%, that's 100% me with my son. If we do watch, it's going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> I just saw them do this, and now I saw them do that. Oh, no. It's, like, it's going to be like watching your uh, grandfather and grandmother have sex. Oh my! Wow. This is going to be wow. disturbing, wow. old, and Blow someone moment. has to, and someone's going off the top rope. And someone's <laughs> hip going to get dislodged. Hey, can I ask uh, this question, and maybe you guys can answer it because I, I, I see exactly what you're talking about, uh, Michaels. Would it be too much resources, or would it be even realistic for them to put together a quick little package if they know they're going to have somebody coming on? Would it be too much? Because I felt like something like that would have been useful. It wouldn't fill in the whole blank in the problem you stated earlier. But at least it would have gave something like a quick preview of what this person's about. I really think, you know what, the, the problem, it, of course, of course, packages help. Um, and I think that, you know, also you got to figure that there there is so much to do with the Internet that they could even, you know, just have stuff done on the Internet. But at the same time, um, I think in general, the problem is if you're relying just on one package to tell a story about a guy and then you're supposed to invest in him being a real threat to the guy you love as part of your company and as one of the biggest stars 
you know, this side of the moon. Well, is anyone really going to fucking invest in the in that heel that they don't know? MJ, that's why, see, that's the whole fucked up thing about this. They should have never gone past war games with, with this feud. That should have been it. That should have been your climax is the fucking war games match. And have those, like you said, Steve, I don't even put them on. Why are they putting these big blood fucking fury matches on regular TV? But if you saw that on a pay-per-view, you'd go, oh, my God, I can't see this on TNT. Right. But I got to buy the pay-per-view. So I'm with you on that. That's just really, really bad fucking business. They have to meet their blood sacrifice ritual for the TNT demigod. That's there. And if they don't do it for TNT, they lose their contract and their soul, perhaps. The title disappears. That's the whole reason the title exists. It was fomented in the blood of wrestlers. <laughs> you right. see, again, again, though, literally, that the strap was colored because of the blood. And now it's a white strap. So that means that they have to shed more blood. That's all that that means. They got to turn it red. Yep. So just a few uh, comments going back to things we were talking about way earlier. Uh, shout out to Sean. He, um, when Matt Michaels uh, mentioned uh, QT, he said, QT books my son for AEW stuff, so don't you dare besmirch. He doesn't name. do it anymore. He does not do the, the extra work anymore for uh, AEW, so, so we can rag on him all we want. <laughs> yeah. And all he right. really should be booking himself is what he should And be. then Chris, he got on uh, Sin City, he said, Steve Relling against Outlaw Mud Show Wrestling. Somebody called Jim Cornette. Motherfucker. <laughs> 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 and then, of course, uh, and then Sean jumped back on and said, Jericho has used the Lion Tamer on the top rope before. So, well, hey, who knows? All right, y'all. Thank you for that, Sin City, Steve. Let's jump over to the most exciting Thursday night when it comes to wrestling, and that is Impact Wrestling. And uh, you listen, there's a lot that goes on on Impact Wrestling. I seem to focus mostly on what, you know, a few names that people are, are, are definitely more familiar with and maybe more exciting to see. So, I just want to start off with that saying that there's a lot, but I'm only going to focus on two things that happen. The names that you will probably hear me focus on for some time. And we'll start off with this, Jay White and Chris Bay. Now, both of them, they did have a match that was between the Good Brothers. And um, um, with that match, Bay ends up getting pinned. Of course he would. Chris, uh, the the Good Brothers uh, doing their finisher, and okay, whatever that happens. But now Jay White is backstage, you know, having this conversation with 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 um, Chris Bay, and Chris is hey, he's going, look, it's my bad. It, it was on me. I I I. What sucks is that I took my first loss under the banner of Bullet Club. <laughs> And Jay White had to quickly go, oh, wait, 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 wait. Hey, I didn't just put you in, in Bullet Club. You, you, I didn't, you just don't come, you just not a part of it. You got to do some work. You know, you got to prove that you're going to be in the Bullet Club. Okay. 
So I got something that you can go do. And all this is happening in between breaks to see well, what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Well, of course, you had uh, Finn Juice having their match in the ring earlier during that night. Uh, had uh, double tag teams going on. And Finn Juice eventually wins their match, goes backstage. They do a promo. And what do you see? Jay White and Chris Bay attacks them backstage. Now, of course, you got Chris Bay. He's taking care of uh, of Juice Robinson. Why? Because Jay White is all about whooping David Finley as much as possible until they get to this pay-per-view event that's happening. And it seems like this is going to be exciting to see. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question in just a second, Sin City, because um, I don't know. Apparently, there is a history between the two um, having a match before. And um, for someone who never watched that match, just seeing how David keeps attacking, I mean, um, um, Jay keeps attacking David and mentioning him in his conversation seems like this is really personal in some way. Um, this is going to be a never title match that's supposed to happen. This is New Japan or, or in it, by the way, Resurgence, August 14th. And it's actually at the L.A. Coliseum. I wish I was out there to watch, watch the show. They don't look like they even have too many uh, uh, tickets available either. But the never title match is supposed to happen. And this is the match that's supposed to take place. And I'm getting excited just seeing the fact that they cross pathways in the back room. And Jay just loses his mind when he sees David. Sin City, tell me quickly, what is just the history between those two? And why, like, what have I missed in the past that, you know, I, I should be excited about, about to happen with this match? Bro, they have, according to cagematch.net okay these guys these guys have been on opposite ends of the ring from one another 18 times <laughs> in their careers okay so and it's and it's not just been in new japan they actually did have a match in ring of honor back in 2016 as well okay. so okay. um so it, it's one of those things where they definitely have a storied past yes um all of all of the matches that they've had um, whether they're you know multi-man tags mm -hmm. or singles matches or you know any of those kinds of things, they've all been pretty well received by people, and they've all been extremely well done. Yeah. So um, they they do um, they do have sort of that rivalry complex. Um, yeah. You know, dating back to uh, dating back to 2015. Right. So it's one of those things where you know they definitely have history. Uh, me being you know. A, a fiend of continuity. Right. I, I love, I love when they have callbacks to things like this. Right. And um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see that now they're, you know, taking it to impact as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. I mean, you could definitely, well, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, you know, what's very interesting about the whole aspect mm -hmm. is that the one thing that doesn't fit in the peg here is Chris Bay. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just an impact guy. He's not New Japan. What if this is all a setup for Finn Juice joining Bullet Club? Hmm. The, you know, beating the shit out of each other is a respectful thing in Japan. And thus, you know, the, eventually the turn happens on Bay where he's not a part of Bullet Club because Finn Juice is. Sure. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Possible? Scotty, Scotty, <laughs> Scotty. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it could happen. But nevertheless, you know, it is still a good look on uh, Chris Bay because it's definitely being a part of this 
uh, you know, storyline has, um, you know, is definitely just showing just how much that, uh, you know, Impact has really just uh, just really been investing in, in him since he's just been uh, with the company now. And um, I mean, this is this is alone just pretty big for him to be a part of this. So, you know, whether he's a part of Bullet Club or gets uh, turned on at the end, uh, nevertheless, it's uh, it's a good look for Chris Bay. So it's good to see what he's doing. So anyway, that's the one part of Impact. The next thing I got to talk about, and I, w- I promised myself I wasn't going to go too crazy. I-, I probably should make this a Friday's, I mean, or, or Saturday's release of uh, of just thoughts in my head. But of course, it always has to do when I see Kenny Omega come out. This time he comes out, of course, with Don Callis and the Good Brothers. Um, they They have his intro going, his normal intro that he comes on. In the video screen, you see the big old AEW belt, you know, in the video that shows great. And then, of course, his name, Kenny Omega, flash on the screen. And then he just walks out, you know, like, hey, I'm I'm the greatest. But guess what? He has no belts with him. He doesn't have the Impact World title with him. He don't have the AEW. He doesn't. This is supposed to be the belt collector. This is supposed to go with this entire storyline uh, this guy being the greatest wrestler of all time, yet he comes out as if he's just, I don't know, just a name. Kenny, Kenny Omega? <laughs> just a name. You know, no, it, how, like, I don't understand how you, you, you can even come on to the show with not even reminding people who you are and why you're there. Or at least a basketball jersey. <laughs> like, seriously. It just makes no sense. Comes out, I mean, the Good Brothers, they, you know, they they remember where they are. They got their tag title belts on them. But the but the uh, you know, the belt collector has no belts. Okay? It, it just makes no sense. It's mind-boggling. Nevertheless, they come out, they're doing their whole spill in the ring. Uh, Sammy Callahan, you know, comes out again and and you know, they start talking uh mess and of course Callahan's like look I should just come back and you know I should just leave from the top of this platform and just come jump you right now and of course while the other guys in the ring are going yeah why don't you come do that well they end up do getting jumped but jumped by who Frankie Kazarian shows up yes to jump <laughs> uh the, the the guys in the ring so I guess welcome back Frankie <laughs> The elite hunter himself yeah, uh, comes back. So, of course, now what do we have? We have Omega. We got the Good Brothers, and and and, and I and I kind of skipped a little bit. The whole reason why that they came out in the first place uh, came to the ring. Don Callis was pissed off because, of course, Kenny Omega's got to defend this title, which he doesn't bring. And they're like, okay, we need to create a match. So in two weeks, we're going to do. A 20-man battle royal, which, of course, the winner would then have their title match for the Impact uh, Championship on, um, it's going to be at Emergence, which I believe is on the 21st, uh, oh, is that really the, not the same day as SummerSlam? Oh, shit. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. What um, you going to do, brother? <laughs> what you gonna do yeah it is it's um okay so it's on emergence which is saturday 21st i guess they didn't even want to pretend like they want nothing else is going on 
Um, and so, yes. Yeah, so anyway, next two weeks, they're going to have that title. And, of course, Kenny and Don were pissed off that they were going to have this 20-man because, of course, Kenny shouldn't have no one to defend it against. So that's why they came to the ring. But nevertheless, after all that else, hap- uh, everything else happened, you now got uh, Kenny Omega with the Good Brothers. They're going to have a match next week with Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Callahan, and somebody who Sammy, Sammy Callahan hates and who hates Sammy Callahan, Eddie Edwards. All right, so it's going to be those three on those three, which now kind of already tells me that, of course, the Impact team will most likely lose again. But nevertheless, um, uh, Impact is still, despite the craziness, there's a lot that is going on that I don't want to sit here and and talk about. It's still a good show. I'm still enjoying it. Um, You know, Deanna Perrazzo's doing her thing. Uh, Yep. Deanna Perrazzo doing her thing. I want to make sure that She's you heard me well correctly. Too. Yes, she She's is. doing it well. And, um, and, and a lot of good things are happening. So I, I'll end it there. Impact Wrestling, uh, good show. That was Thursday night. Uh, this weekend, if you, if you want to partake in it, Impact Plus pay-per-view. They're having their homecoming is what they're calling it. And they're going to crown a first ever king and queen. Remember how we used to have homecomings and you have your king and queen. So pretty much they, you know, you have a guy and, and a, <laughs> you're going to have a, you act like ain't nobody went to high school and, and went to homecoming. I don't think Matt or Michaels, I don't think Matt Michaels went to homecoming. Did you go to homecoming, Matt? Yeah, but I'm, but I'm sure he watched Carrie. He know, he knew there was a homecoming when all that shit went down. Oh no! Oh no! Of course, I was involved in homecoming. Anytime you were involved in sports, you had to go to homecoming. Yes, yep, that's true. Mandatory. That's right. So anyway, uh, so of course they put a bunch of matches. I'm not going to name, but you know, guy, gal, guy, gal. So we're going to see who's going to become the first ever king and queen this weekend. If you have Impact Plus, you'll get a chance to enjoy that. All right. Let's move over to what we really want to talk about. And by the way, guys, we're getting very close now for me to tell you the first unique code word you need to know to win two SummerSlam tickets that we're going to give away. I'm going to give you the first word in just a second. But let we got to talk about it. It's SmackDown. Matt Michaels, what were some of the highlights? To me, the whole damn show was a highlight. It was just great watching. I enjoyed all of it. I, I won't lie. What what you take? Well, can can we just can we just say that Baron Corbin being a pathetic human being is one of the most entertaining things on television? It really is. It is very entertaining. It very is. entertaining. Yeah. Replayable, in fact. Yeah, I mean, still being still being very snide and, and like a dick, but yet <laughs> begging for money to the multimillionaire John Cena. Right. What a fucking great idea! <laughs> and then Cena just plants him. It's just like, yeah, that's pretty fucking smart. Yeah. Um, and it was smart how that all figured into then the uh, the setup at the contract signing, where they did something that's not really been done before and that is have a contract signing in which someone else signs the contract their name is not on <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what's funny you know what's so funny i think all of us growing up watching wrestling have always maybe wondered that question what if somebody else signed that shit yeah would it be official <laughs> yeah so so we now know and you know a, a great way of doing it by you know having finn 
you know, being taken out and then, you know, Corbin <laughs> looking at the contract like he's going to sign it and then Cena coming in and just nailing Corbin again, which makes it seem like we might see a Cena-Corbin uh, warm-up match for John. Um, but, uh, you know, that just that moment where John signs it and just Roman just sitting there yeah. and watching this. And <laughs> yeah. you see his face goes from elation to, like, you fucking, you got to be kidding me. Right. But, you know, it's just well done. Um, it is. You know, it, because we know, we know, um, you know, not only when we're kids and the contract signings and thinking about stuff like that, but how many contract signings have we seen? And it's, you know, usually about the same thing. Yeah. So to put just a little bit of a twist on it because you didn't really know if they were going to, uh, you know, how they were going to get Cena into the match. Right. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Was the question. And now you got something set up too with Finn Balor and, uh, and Corbin for SummerSlam. Right. And you know, what's yeah. really cool. And, and, and just to say real quick, with regards to contract signings, I remember a long time ago seeing a lot of contract signings. It would never zoom in ever on contracts. It would yeah. be, if you notice on NXT with the whole Samoa Joe I mentioned earlier, they zoomed in on the fucking contract signing. On SmackDown, they zoomed in on the, the contract. I want to start seeing that more often for contract signing. Don't let it just be some fucking piece of paper. I want to see exactly what the fuck is on there so I can press pause and read it. It's probably not going to happen, but I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah. That was um, good stuff, though, for for sure. Yeah, so you know that being your your uh, your centerpiece of the night was was great. Um, you know, as as much as uh, Simon, you want to rip on uh, Reggie. Um, Reggie, man, <laughs> listen, he's entertaining. Can... I got to give it to him. He's he's, listen, he's entertaining. They I... found the right spot for his ass. That match, I was actually really like from the from the time he came out from I'm I'm talking from the from the back to entrance to the fact he went and after the match and and did the flips back, I was entertained from beginning to end. You know, he 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 did something that I you don't see people do, and that is to make that leap to use the top rope and then to roll right. Fucking from going over the top rope to yeah. roll through. Yeah. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. He, he, did, he did it effortlessly. Effortlessly. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and and also don't forget too, you know, this week was a week when um you're talking about someone like Simone Biles, you know, having yep. to pull out of the Olympics because of the fact that she gets the flippies in her head. You, you can't do it. You get the yips. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's essentially what this this is an equivalent of if you for one second fucking just yep. something throws you off, you can seriously hurt yourself. Yep. Yep. And um, boy, man. And, and again, it's like you, t- you take a title that really has meant nothing. You know, it's, it's been a, a comedy title in a sense. And now you mm-hmm. Kind of look at it like you're giving it a little yeah. credibility because you have him going against Gable. Of course, you know they they put him over because Otis, you know, gets the DQ on it. Um, and it's funny because he got DQ'd on a 24/7 match, which in the past there wasn't DQs for a 24/7 <laughs> match. I'm so. glad you noticed that. I noticed the same shit. 
Yeah. Right. So, so it, it makes it, you know, there, there might be a sense of maybe they're trying to do a little something different with it. So we'll see. But you know what? Again, if you want to talk about guys who are getting that like idea of a, here's a shot, save your ass. There's a great example because yeah. he's probably not costing them much of anything in terms of his contract. So, you know, have fun with it. Um, Let me say this right quick. Yeah, um, So I really like the idea of Chad and, and Otis. I really like the idea of the Alpha Academy. And I ask myself all the time, what is missing? Because this is so great. This is awesome. I really do enjoy this. And I think what is really great is I think they need to add members, not really fast, just add it slowly at a time, but someone who's willing to go through a transformation as much as Otis did. So they're going to have to be willing to maybe some haircut, slim down, or whatever the case. And then they become under Chad's uh, leadership and grow that Alpha Academy. And that could be really awesome because I like the idea. Like, I know it's not really much of a thing now, but I see something there and I don't want it to get thrown away because, you know, they might, they might look at it as a joke, but I really do see that this could be something huge if done right. But whoever they, uh, add, yeah, go ahead. It's not a, it's not a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they, they've think actually, yeah, they've solidified it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but that scenario, honestly, it works perfect for Corbin. Yeah, he's down at his luck. He needs a little help. Who better to help him than Chad Gable coming up to him and saying, Hey, you know what? Look at this man. I turned this man into a beast, a monster. You know, I can get you your dignity back. And and that could be a way of doing Chad Gable into kind of a guru type character who eventually mm-hmm. then gets his ass kicked by the guys that he created. The monster, you know, the yeah. Dr. Frank bringing yeah. the monster. Yeah. So I that's what you kind of I think I think you'll see something like that. I just don't know how big they're gonna, you know, make that. See, I don't they think go. they are. I don't think I don't think they're gonna go no more than what they have right now until they're done with, and then they're gonna kick it to the curve, and then Chad's fired. Yeah. You know, I think it's gonna be one of those types of things. But I'm I'm wishing that they look at that and go, "Wow, we got something here. Let's expand on it." Chad might be saving his ass right now, to be honest. Right. Yeah. I I, I got a feeling that because you know, he's even, good. Well. It's a combination of he's good and there's extra value to him. You know, he yeah. is a legitimate Olympian. Well, so, yeah. Yep. He has so that right extra now, value. I mean, you definitely yeah. want that. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I'm surprised and they're think, not actually using that during this time right now. <laughs> you know, if I think Indian. that they shouldn't stop there. Well, I don't think that they, they should stop there. They should, uh, uh, if, if, from what you said, Impact, if that were to actually be true, let's say it happens, extend it over to Keith Lee. You know what I mean? Have him join Alpha Academy and change his, his uh, L's to W's. Yeah, you know? then, it, then it becomes Fat Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Gable's back, which actually is actually an entertaining sight to just put like a bunch of 350, 400-pound guys. With, like the biggest loser, people. but it's not, right? <laughs> Turn him up. into a Richard Simmons type character. Oh, there we go. Oh, spirit figures. But see, Otis, but Otis made a complete transformation, right? I he mean, did. from hair to even slim down. If there was someone, and I don't know who else they can do, where you could see a transformation come from that person, 
and, and make that a part of Alpha Academy. Not only they made that transformation, but now, you know, with the moves and things they do, it just really shows there's something there. You know, the continuity yeah. of that is what I'm really looking at. Instead of just bringing exactly. someone over, show the transformation of them like with Otis. That's what I'm saying. And you have to take a fan favorite and make him a total fucking despicable heel. That's that part. That part. Yeah, that's that's your you know that's your big thing. But yeah, uh, there's, there's stuff that can be done. Sean says, bring back uh, the Buddy Rose quote blow away <laughs> diet. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, man. Continue though, man. Good stuff on SmackDown. Um, so, um, you know, we had a, a wonderful, uh, you know, edge was coming out and Seth, uh, takes edge out and mm-hmm. then does a great, uh, little thing. I, you know, he, he's just fucking gold. I Do love you think him. Seth owns those suits or they just rent it? I would assume he has money to own the suits. Well, he could yeah, definitely I have mean, the money to I own it, assume. but do you think, do you think he owns them? Uh, it, 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 probably. <laughs> I can't if imagine he, his closet looking with all these crazy suits in them like that. It's just well, it wouldn't be in his closet. It would be uh, in the back of his locker room or whatever, ready for him, wouldn't it be? I mean, I don't. Well, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be his then. That would be that would be wardrobe, buddy. Yeah, it'd yeah. probably be wardrobe. Yeah, but if he does, I, I would wear some of them bad boys. <laughs> That's something else. But yes, you're right, man. He's on point, but, Seth. Mm-hmm. But the biggest, you know, the biggest thing here is um, Sasha's return. Now, Simon, I'm going to allow you before I talk about it. And um, when I talk about it, there is there is nothing that is meant as an attack or anything like this. It has no basis on your opinions of her. Okay. So, but you go ahead and give us uh, what you thought about seeing her back on TV. Well, of course, I was elated and happy to see uh you know the beautiful the talented the uh master of all that is uh backstabbing sasha banks come in saving bianca belair from who knew in a threat of carmella and zelina only to give hugs and then uh you know basically stab her in the back i wasn't surprised not at all um it is what it is. I mean, that's basically what Sasha Banks has always been. They booked her always as backstabber. To be honest, I like her better this way. I, 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 I like her better this way. I don't like her as a face. I think I've said that before. I like her as the backstabber. You can't really trust her. Um, I was good with it. I thought it was great from start to finish. I mean, I just think it was great. Did what she did. Walked the fuck out. I think, it, I, I think how it ended was... I didn't... You know how... <laughs> You know something's going to happen, but I didn't see it happening like that fast, so quick, and done so perfect. Like, it came out of nowhere, and it was just perfect. Again, you know something. You know what was going to happen, but I, I, it, I guess the quickness of it and just how it was performed was just – it was just on point. I, I, I love but how – But it makes sense, though. Well, I'm, I'm not debating that. I'm just Bailey's saying out. The, Bailey's right, out. Right, right. So you had to have somebody be a heel. I'm not debating that. I'm saying the just the over how it was executed and as fast as it was as you were yeah. watching it, the execution that was just perfect because it was just out. It was really truly out of nowhere. Like sometimes you could kind of see somebody backing up and getting ready mm-hmm. to do that. Like there wasn't that. It was like the celebration, the hug, and it was just like boom, just that quick. And it was just executed well. That's all I'm saying. I, I loved it. 
but also too, shouts out to uh, you know because it's two part. You know, Sasha obviously did it, but you got to give props to Bianca Belair, and it shows how well they work together. You see what I'm saying? I mean, Bianca sold it well. You know, they obviously worked on it, obviously. But, yeah, it looked great. It was a proud moment for me. Now let's see what Michaels has to say. I'm going to shut the fuck up. So this has nothing to do, again, with uh, anything about Sasha or Bianca themselves. Um or anyone involved in that match. This is more so the, um, you know, when when people s- like to say that WWE doesn't do the long story. This is the problem. When Bianca is initially getting pounded on, and Sasha comes out, crowd pop is fucking hot. All right. She comes in, and she comes to the aid of Bianca. She comes to the aid of this woman who beat her at WrestleMania. They had a basic bond and connection, obviously, being that they both main event at WrestleMania. First women to, African-American women to do it, you know, by themselves on the biggest stage. So you have that in place. After she saves Bianca, she gives her a hug. They're really happy to see each other. That's wonderful. DJ, you're on to something. They fucked this up because they forced it in the same fucking night. What they should have done was had them help each other out in certain manners leading up to or past SummerSlam. Okay. And allowing the fans who just popped for this person to enjoy her as a face. Because if she looks like she is on Bianca's side and the fans get a chance to cheer her because they haven't seen her in forever. And you're having this, you know, organic kind of like, you know, they're, they're just so glad to be in each other's presence because, you know, they really, they had this moment at WrestleMania and they shared something that no other people can understand the bond of that is thicker than blood. It is something that only a once in a lifetime you can experience. And you're talking shit like that for, you know, a, a number of weeks, give it, give it a month, give it two months, give it three months. And then she fucks her. And when she fucks her and screws her, it's because of the fact that, Hey, I never liked you. I never respected you. That was my match. And you got fucking lucky, you know, and you have the flip happen then. Um, this was rushed. And at the very end, the one thing that stood out is that they had to pump booze into it because the fans were still fucking loving seeing Sasha back. So they had to literally, cause you could see, you can hear this massive, bah! And you see the fans just going, <laughs> nothing. The fans are just like statues, just looking at it. And you and you actually see some fans clapping. So they anticipated the fucking reaction. 
instead of playing the long game, they went with the short game, and that's where they fuck themselves. Is because that's when you have people starting to go, well, they don't invest into that story. They don't take the time to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's it, man. Let me that's ask you this problem. question, because you make a very valid point. But do you think because of Bailey being injured, and as far as for the women's division needing a solid heel, that kind of make push, let's just say they did have the long game, like you stated. Do it three weeks. Do it three weeks. Okay. The reason I say that is because nobody in that building, except for maybe the kids because of comprehension, no one in that building was going to boo Sasha Banks that night. It was her first fucking night back. True, true. And that pop so, was huge. So, Matt Michaels, just out of curiosity, are you then mm-hmm. saying that you would have preferred to have seen Bianca Belair versus Carmella at SummerSlam? No, no, no. You, you heard what I said. <laughs> Give it three I'm, weeks. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't do it the same night she comes back. Okay. That's, that's the main point. The point is, is even if you gave it two or three weeks to pull the trigger then on the match, because you had, it's not like SummerSlam was the next fucking Sunday, you know, you know what I'm saying? So you could have actually done that in two or three weeks. The problem again is you bring someone back who is popular fans, the fans want to cheer them. And when you have them cheering her at the end, when you have her turn heel, the fans were either not receptive or still cheering her. And you had to make your own fucking heat, which is not going to stand, most likely, because, honestly, more fans have an investment in Sasha than they do in Bianca. Yeah. It is very true. That is that, that You know what? That right there is the point that you make out of everything else you said, that right there. So now, in a way, yes, you are fucking yourself because... I'm still cheering for Sasha regardless. And I know other people who aren't even fully invested in Sasha that will cheer for Sasha before they cheer for Bianca. Yep. Good point. All right, guys. Good, good stuff. Point. Let's um, let's get to what everybody wants to know. And what is that? The unique word that they need to know for our podcast for tonight. So this is the word. Write it down. Put it away. Or you can just keep listening to the podcast and, you know, you can keep hearing the same word. What is that word? The word you need to write down is tribal. Tribal. That's the word. Are are we making sure, DJ, that spelling counts? (laughs) No, we won't do that (laughs) because then we won't have any winners. (laughs) These are wrestling fans, okay? All right. That's scholars. All right. So tribal. Uh, that is your word for for this podcast. Write it down. And remember, this is for the possibility of winning two SummerSlam tickets. That's uh, going to happen Saturday, August 21st. And you need that word because you're going to need to go to VegasBadBoys.com and... After next week, after next week's um, um, three count, you have all four words to have all. You four. have all four words. Yeah, to uh, to put that in. So it's best to do it then. You know, put it, write it down, put it away. Tribal is tonight's 
code for wrestling talk. Now for Ring of Honor, this would be really quick. Um, there has been some other matches that that was happening uh, last week. I'm not going to get into it. A lot of great matches um, that uh, worth watching if you get a chance to see it. But most importantly, they have started the uh, the women's tournament, um, which is starting to get exciting. This should be your thing, Simon Street, man. You know, you should really should be, uh, you know, trying to watch this because it's really exciting beginning to see a lot of the uh, – uh, some some brand new talent, mostly uh, that um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, brother. Yeah, I'm trying. There's just so much to watch, but I have taped it, so I can't watch it at a later date and then catch up. So, yeah, yeah, um, it's been really good. But yeah, they've been running the um, the women's tournament, and that actually started this week. So I'm not going to go through uh, naming all the the women that's in it, but who was on this? Uh, past week's show was our very own Maserati, who represents future stars of wrestling out here. And shout out to Rick Abani, who actually shouted out uh, future stars of wrestling on the show and her being from Las Vegas. She had a match against uh, Nicole Savoy, and um, and um, and that ended up being a very very good match. I really didn't know how that was going to come down. Apparently, uh, Nicole Savoy has been um, wrestling for some time, and you can you can see uh, um, definitely that they that that you know she she was on her game. Maserati though is just man. Despite the fact, and, and by the way, Maserati she she ended up losing the match to Nicole. But just the overall match itself was just really entertaining because Maserati, you just she talks a lot during the ring, and it just gets you very exciting when you get to hear her. She told Nicole at one point, uh, uh, "Get your hands off my weave." <laughs> Caprice, we can tell you love that. Caprice, Caprice, who's a brother, had to tell Rickabani, "Look, I'll explain this to you after the show." <laughs> I love it. Great. I mean, just good stuff like that that they had. And I mean, she was very vocal uh, in the ring. She said all. I think she even called Nicole a thought. I was like, Nah, that ain't, man. No, she didn't just call her that. Yeah. <laughs> like for real. Overall, though, like I say, it's it's this is this was a great match. There was three other matches that took place. If you get the opportunity to um, try to watch this tournament. And, um, you know, you, you're, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, this is the uh, Ring of Honor Women's Championship Tournament. And uh, like I said, it just started this past week. Uh, I believe it's going to be going for another um, three weeks uh, before they get to, um, you know, who would be in the, uh, the final. So um, with that, I'll just leave it there for Ring of Honor. New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, I will give this over to you, Sin City. Like I said, we do know about the uh, resurgence that's going to be out in L.A. August 14th. So that's very exciting. If you happen to be in the L.A. area, there's only a few seats left. So try to get you a ticket to the show for that. But um, Sin City, what are some other uh, some news in New Japan we should talk about? Uh, so Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Lance Lance Archer is now official for resurgence. Ah, so mm -hmm. yes, Tanahashi and Archer it should be a good match. Um, and quite frankly, it's a match that uh, is being listed as having a sixty minute time limit. So we'll see how uh, how long they go and you know 
how much they tear the house down. Uh, I think that they definitely have the potential to uh, put on one hell of a match. A bit of a uh, styles clash, to say the least, but uh, both guys are incredible workers, mm -hmm. and I think, that, I think that they'll bring out the best in one another for sure. Yeah. Um, also set for resurgence is uh, the Good Brothers. Mm. They just got they just got challenged by uh, John Moxley after <laughs> AEW Dynamite. Yeah. So it's going to be John Moxley and a mystery partner against the Good Brothers at New Japan Resurgence. So uh, yeah, we'll see uh, we'll see how that goes. And of course, um, this past week. The Good Brothers did defeat Violence Unlimited, Brody King and Chris Dickinson to win the Tag Team Turbulence Tournament Finals uh, over there in New Japan Strong. So very interesting stuff there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that card is shaping up. Uh, you had mentioned earlier that uh, there are only about 200 or so tickets left for that show. Yeah. Um, so if you're in the L.A. area and... Uh, yeah, you want to pop in there to see that on August the 14th? I yeah. highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. Should be a solid show. Absolutely. And is that and that's part of the entire uh New Japan organization. So you have to pretty much pay the is it the 9.99 a month to be able to watch that Yeah, or, you can Okay. You, yeah, you can get that on uh, New Japan World. Got you. Okay. So Yeah. 999 yen. <laughs> I like it when you use the uh, the American dollars. It sounds a lot cheaper. <laughs> did you just use not, not nine dollars and eighty cents? Then there you go. Steve, did you just use the yen word? <laughs> Racist. Oh my god! Sorry, Michaels. That one's not sticking. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, um, yeah. Go ahead, man. What, one, one last thing, really quick, though. Mm -hmm. um, really don't ever talk about MLW on this show, yeah. but uh, I do want to give a special shout out to uh, our boy Hammerstone, mm. uh, who won the, the Major League Wrestling Battle Riot um, top rope, uh, over the top rope battle royal that they just had. So uh, he is now the number one contender for the MLW World Championship. So props nice. to our boy Hammer. He's going to have a bit of a belt collection for himself as well. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Any other wrestling, local wrestling, or anything that we need to talk about, or is that pretty much it? Uh, just everyone uh, know that Pro Wrestling Gorilla started back up today, and they just finished their show, and there were some very interesting uh, guests yeah. uh, doing uh, in-ring work, so. I would just send some uh, photos from our, our guy we know while we were doing our show. And I'm like, oh, interesting, some of the folks that showed up. So, yeah. Yeah. That should be um, exciting now. All right. That's our wrestling talk. We want to thank everybody for watching us. If you are watching us, stay tuned because you're going to start with three count. And there's some really good topics on there that you're going to want to uh, listen to and be a part of. But for everyone else who has downloaded this, we thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And continue to tell people you know about us so they can also be just as entertained as you are. All right? So with that, <laughs> we will see you next time. Peace. The biggest bad boys of podcasting.